This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me per usual is Mr. Positivity, a.k.a. Wolfie T, a.k.a. Brett. I can't talk too long. I got to poo. Cowabunga or other Ninja Turtle slogans. You know it. I was trying to think of uh, all the ones they... Like the audacious, like they're trying to get the all those the same the similar words though that have the same suffix. Yeah, and Donatello just started saying <laughs> stuff like he's the smart one, but he says words that don't apply to the situation. It's also a little disappointing that it's a different Donatello, it isn't Corey Feldman anymore? Yeah, I was just perusing the trivia, and I don't know should I should I spoil it now or should I wait till the end for the sure, trivia? You, you can spoil it now. Here's a fun fact. So the trivia around that is that Corey Feldman was in rehab at the time and they thought it would be a bad look to have him back for the second movie I see because it was a you know want they wanted to be family friendly and uh, they felt that having one of their stars in drug rehab was not a good look yep we are talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 The Secret of the Ooze from 1991 and this will wrap up our slate of movies that we watched in our youth. And uh, this is your most anticipated one of the four. I think so. This was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Yeah, I was a big Turtles fan when I was a kid. Watched the cartoon as well. Had all the toys. Had Super Shredder from this one. And growing up, this was my favorite of the three, I think. Yeah. And now it's changed to... You know, the first one is my favorite. Oh, I thought you were going to say the third one. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. The third one, which is definitively the worst. I think I rewatched it maybe a year or two ago, the third one. And uh, it's, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's it's been a few years since I watched it. I think I watched it when I bought that Blu-ray set. That was probably at least five years ago. I still remember I bought that blu-ray three pack and it was i think it was the three movies for the price of like them individually yeah like uh i think the three pack was ten dollars and then each individual blu-ray was ten dollars or something like that or it was like twelve dollars for the three movies and ten dollars for them individually yeah it was really cheap when i bought it too which is always funny to me it's like why would you buy them individual? I mean, I was tempted to buy them individually just so I didn't have to have the third one, but figured <laughs> what harm could it do? I'm basically getting it for free. Yep. They look really weird in the third one too. I don't know if you remember, like they're like much lighter color and they have like more spots on them. It's weird. Yeah. I remember the third one. Like I, 
still liked it as a kid. It was my least favorite as a kid and would be my least favorite now. But I remember it pissed me off as a kid too. I might have told the story on uh, when we talked about Turtles 1. Oh, the catapult story? Yeah, the catapult. <laughs> I, had, I bought the catapult and then there's no catapult in the movie. And they like climb up the wall with like these iron claws, basically. It's like uh, hiking gear if you're rock climbing a mountain or something. Yeah. <laughs> Still hold a grudge about that. Yeah. I remember, I don't know. I can't remember as a kid when I saw the third one. Cause I, was it in the, was it in the theaters? Cause I don't think I saw it in the theaters. The third one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I saw it in the theaters. I'm sure I did not see it in the theaters and I don't, I might've not seen it for a couple years after it came out, but I remember it was like, I must've been really cool and off on the Ninja Turtles around the time I saw it. Cause I remember like, even as a kid, I thought, Oh, this is just garbage. <laughs> Let's see how much money the third one made. So it had a budget of 21 million and worldwide gross was uh 42.2 million. So it basically broke even. <laughs> Which is probably why there wasn't a fourth one. Yeah. I mean, at least with this cast. Well, they didn't do another one till what, 07? Something like that. Like, I think even the TV series had run out by that time. But they had a couple other, like, spinoffs from the, the movie series that they put on TV. But I think they all kind of failed. Well, the third movie came out in 93. And the original cartoon went from 87 to 96. And then they had that new series from, that started in 03 and went to 2010. Yeah, and yeah. they had that TMNT movie, which was probably around the same time. Let's see. 07. And then they had those two new movies in like 2014 and 2016. The live, quote unquote, live action ones. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen those. I haven't seen the TMNT one. I think they're on HBO Max, or they were. I don't know if they still are or not, but maybe I'll watch them at some point. I don't really have any interest. Although, don't they have a Bebop and a Rocksteady in one of them? Yeah, the second one. Uh, the wrestler Seamus plays one of them. I forget which one. That's what this movie needed. This would probably still be my favorite <laughs> if it didn't have a stupid snapping turtle and wolf. I love the I love Toka and Razar. Is that is that part of the trivia why they didn't have Bebop and Rocksteady? Uh it just said like the the creators of the turtles didn't want to use them for some reason, but they didn't <laughs> like, I guess they didn't want it to be like the the cartoon, but uh the producers did. Um, and so like, it was a compromise that they wanted to put Bebop and Rocksteady in there for some reason. Um, so they just made up two new characters to kind of do like the same thing that, uh, those characters would have done, I guess. Yeah. I also saw in the trivia that there was that, uh, scene that was cut or, uh, it was a different ending that would have kind of alluded to not Krang, but something similar. That would have been fun. Krang was a little... It was kind of an offshoot of what they had in the comics. We can just get into that later when we get into trivia so we don't waste all of it now. There wasn't too much trivia that I saw. It was only the 40-some items. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's go over the details. As I said, it came out in 91, directed by Michael Pressman, starring Paige Turco, uh, replacing, um, God, what was her name? I don't know, but it was an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> and many, Ju- Judith Hogue. Yeah, Judith Hogue was the other one. Because nobody liked working with Judith Hogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she plays April O'Neil. David Warner is Professor Jordan Perry. Michael Sisti was Michelangelo. Leif Tilden was Donatello. They also make cameos as uh, other people in the film, like foot soldiers or kind of extras in other scenes. Yeah, so the, the guy who played Michelangelo, his cameo was as Soho Man, mm-hmm. who was the neighbor that lets April into her apartment. The one that's married to Jeff's wife from Curb? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, did you know who his wife was? <laughs> is that Susie Essman? Is that her name? Susie Essman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I ever realized that she was the the neighbor that she yeah. was in this movie. It's just a short scene. It's hilarious. <laughs> like She scolds her husband for fawning over April O'Neil. <laughs> Ken Scott plays Raphael. Marcasso is Leonardo. Kevin Clash, unfortunately, is Splinter. <laughs> Ernie Reyes Jr. plays Kino. This is our second Ernie Reyes Jr. movie. <laughs> I second, guess technically second third. Second of the three. Technically third because he was in, he was like a stuntman in the first Turtles movie, but he starred in another movie that we covered, I don't, it must have been two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Surf Ninjas. Uh, Surf Ninjas. favorite of mine. <laughs> from my youth but he did i mean yeah he did a lot of stunt work but he did not do too much in the film industry like does cameos in a bunch of different um you know shows and movies pretty much as as himself yeah he was uh he was in the last dragon when he was a child and then i think the next biggest thing that you might know him from is the rundown yeah where he fights the rock in the jungle. He's in Rush Hour 2 as Zing. <laughs> I don't remember him in there too much. I haven't seen any of the Rush Hour movies, so I wouldn't even know. I assume that's a pretty small role, though. And he's in uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as a cemetery warrior. If you remember right, there's a lot of makeup, and I don't think I recognized him. I don't even know what that means. It's best that you don't. Is that like the Undertaker's Druids? I don't know. <laughs> um, I saw he made a, a cameo in one, an epi- one episode of Dice where he plays Cambodian Dice. <laughs> yeah, I, I should rewatch that series. That was a good show. But they just kind of stopped making them. I don't know if it got canceled or not, but yeah, I don't remember that specifically. I, based on the character name, I assume that they had... Uh, different versions of dice from other parts of the country or something. Yeah. Uh, Francois Chow as Shredder. Toshishiro Obata as Tatsu. I kept on thinking or hearing that Shredder was saying tattoo. It's Tatsu. I thought he was calling Tatsu. Tattoo. Yeah. Like, tattoo. Tatsu's the best. He's my favorite. Well, I got a lot of favorites, I guess. But I really like that character. He's fucking great. 
He's like the leader. He's like the number two guy. He's like the underboss of the Foot Clan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked him a lot more than the first one. He's much more sinister. He's, he's, he's such a pushover <laughs> and just a joke in this one. Well, you would be too if Casey Jones fucking shoved a <laughs> golf club up your ass or whatever he did <laughs> in the first one. He knocked him out over the head. <laughs> Didn't he hit him in the nuts or something too? He might have. Totally emasculated him. Mark Ginther plays uh, Razar. Kurt Bryant was Taka. Your boy Kevin Nash played Super Shredder. Yeah, Kevin Nash would have been pretty unknown at this point. Mm-hmm. He would have still been in WCW. I don't know if he was doing his Oz gimmick or uh, Vinny Vega or Vinny Vegas, whatever he was called. But uh, it was before his big break in the WWF. Vanilla Ice is himself, or Robert Matthew Van Winkle is his real name. This was at the height of the Vanilla Iceness. This was after Cool as Ice, too. This was the high water mark of Vanilla Ice's career. It was all downhill from here. <laughs> I saw that uh, Frank Miller had a partial writing credit for Ninja Rap. that he came up with the lyric go ninja go ninja go or something like that i was like really i think it's in the (laughs) trivia we'll get to when we get to it but (laughs) it's like frank miller like they talking about the same frank miller Uh, talking sin city frank miller then he wrote 300 (laughs) (laughs) but uh, that's about it for the uh, credits that i saw now, uh, Freddie, Freddie's got a decent sized role. He was Michael Doerr. Did you read his name off? I don't remember. Uh, no. And then, like, there's different credits for the voices. Like, I don't know if you want to go through there. Um, Robbie Rist was Michelangelo's voice. Brian Tochi was Leonardo's voice. Lori Faso was Raphael's voice. Adam Carl was Donatello's voice. David. McCharon was Shredder's voice. Michael McConaughey was Tatsu's voice. And Frank Welker did the voice of Toka and Razar. So they had uh, white guys doing the Shredder and Tatsu's voice. So, you know, Mama. 1991 strikes again. <laughs> so, wait, do you recognize the people who played the physical uh, Razar and Toka? Are those. Like like the Mark Ginther guy looks like he could be a wrestler. Let me see. It looks like he just did a his history of stunt work. No, and acting, but I don't think I recognize either one. Yeah, he's done stunts and a lot of stuff. X Men, Iron Man. Although you know, like Michelangelo says, didn't we see those guys on WrestleMania? Indeed. <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd like that line. I felt. Michelangelo's jokes were falling a little more flat than in the first one. See, even as a kid, Michelangelo was like my least favorite Ninja Turtle because he just irritated me. Like yeah. he was annoying because he was dumb and you know he talked like uh, you know a valley, somebody from the valley. But uh, yeah, I, I think I laughed at his stuff more now than I as a kid. Yeah, I think I liked him more as a kid. I don't know if he was necessarily my favorite. I mean, Raphael was always, he's probably the best character 
of the four of them. But like, I wanted to be Leonardo. You want to be the leader of the group, right? But so, so Raphael, you out, uh, so you find out how much of a suck ass he is in this. <laughs> <laughs> kiss ass. I went suck up or kiss ass, and I combined them into suck ass. Yeah. I remember as a kid, like everybody loved Michelangelo, and I was like, Raphael's clearly the best. Like, I don't get it. Like, why don't you guys like Raphael? And everybody hated him. I don't know why. Red was my favorite color growing up as well. So I think Raphael was probably my favorite. It always hit home for me when I'm watching the first one. Like, is Raphael going to make it? This lane in the bathtub? I identified with Raphael because he fucking hated being around people. (laughs) (laughs) Could go see a movie. Watching James Cagney movies, apparently. Obviously, Michael uh, Michelangelo is watching old Bogart. Yeah, I thought that was a joke. They just I had to have put it in for the for the parents. No kid's gonna know Casablanca. No. <laughs> oh, I think that's more of a. Well, I don't know if it's because Looney Tunes used to always do that too. So I don't know if he was like doing like a straight up Bogart impression, or if it was like implied that he watches Looney Tunes and then he's impersonating Bugs Bunny impersonating Bogart. Maybe that that would be the connection that the kids would get. Possibly. All right. Um, I guess I'll better read the synopsis. The turtles and the shredder battle once again, this time for the last canister of the ooze that created the turtles, with which shredder wants to unleash an army of new mutants. That's right. So it opens with New York and a whole lot of pizza. That pizza montage got me craving it. Mm-hmm. You know, like some a, of the pizza companies just paid an arm and a leg. Get a lot what, more pizza in here, I think. Well, I don't think they had a national pizza sponsor for this one because it was all like local stuff. Whereas in yeah. the other movie, they had Domino's, even though Pizza Hut had the tie-in with their uh, whatever, uh, kids' meals or whatever. Yeah, that's right. The first one did have Domino's in it. <laughs> was it 143 and an eighth? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh it's, it's like, like a it's local Roy's Roy's pizza, I think. Is it Roy's pizza? Like everybody gets cheese pizza too. Like none of them have toppings on it. Yeah. But like those slices are huge. Like, I, uh, I did see pepperoni. And well in the the ones that the turtles are eating. Okay. But like all the people on the street were eating cheese pizza for some reason, which seemed odd to me because I like, I know, like, people eat cheese pizza, but I don't think it's as popular as, like, pepperoni or sausage or some other kind of toppings. Even a couple on a date that looked like they just got out of a play in Broadway. Dude's, like, wearing a tux, and she has a nice dress on. They're just sitting on the dusty concrete and pizza. Did they make out between bites, too? Or did <laughs> I just make that up in my head? Wow. Well, they might as well have if they didn't. <laughs> but... We meet Kino. He's the pizza delivery boy at uh, Roy's. And he's going to the April O'Neil house again. She ordered more pizza. Better start ordering it wholesale. (laughs) I don't think they sell it wholesale. That doesn't make (laughs) sense. So, yeah, that leads us to our first clip because when he leaves, he he tries to spit a little game to the uh, girls outside. He gets shut down. 
Hey, ladies. Which one of you lucky girls gets a ride with me tonight? Dream on, dweeb. Yeah, okay. But when I do, I'll dream of something a little thinner. <laughs> oh, can we talk about how old do you think these characters are? Because those girls looked mighty young. Yeah. But then and Kino might be young also, but I assume he's out of high school. I don't know. It's hard to tell, but those girls looked about, I don't know, 15 or 16 if I had to guess. Yeah, well, if he's 18, you know, that's, that's still legal. I guess. I don't know in, in New York how it works, but... Yeah, it didn't seem like uh, school was a priority for him or something that he had to do. No. Then again, uh, I guess there are a couple scenes where he's just out and about during the day. Most of the time he's going out at night, though. Yeah. But, yeah, (laughs) with a nice compliment to that young lady who turned him down for a a date. Yeah, you get a couple things in here that you can't see in kids' movies today. You got a line like this, which would yep. never fly. Uh, when he gets recruited into the foot later, undercover, there's that guy that's you know telling him all the rules and he's smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a villain, so that's one of the ways that they show he's a villain, but he still can have a cigarette today. It's hard to even get in a PG-13 movie. Yeah, I can't remember if they got that passed or not, because I know there was a group trying to get a tobacco banned from anything that wasn't uh, rated R. I think there were a few exceptions, like if it was historically accurate or like it was a movie based on a real person who smoked. But like they're like, automatic R for any tobacco. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a, that's a bit much, isn't it? These kids' parents are smoking about five cigarettes on the way to the movie theater in the car with them. And then they're going to go to the movie and they can't handle seeing somebody else smoking on the screen. I wish Bond would start smoking again. (laughs) He hasn't (laughs) smoked since the 80s. Well, God, did he even smoke in the 80s? Because Roger Moore didn't really smoke uh, many cigarettes. He had cigars. Timothy Dalton, I don't think he smoked. Even yeah, the that's... Bond movies that you made me watch, like I feel like there were ones where like he would have a cigarette, but he just wouldn't light it. No, Connery was puffing away in a bunch of them. In fact, in, remember in Goldfinger, that, that's, that's the, basically the timer for a bomb he sets off in the beginning. <laughs> oh, he lights, that's right. He lights yeah. a cigarette and that bomb goes off. Yeah. When he first says Bond, James ones. Bond, he's smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's not going to happen. You didn't have Sam Rockwell handing out uh, cartons of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. What, regular or menthol? <laughs> uh, running craft services for the foot. <laughs> they don't have their warehouse anymore. They got to meet in the junkyard. <laughs> How many of you guys, so Kino's delivering this pizza. I don't know if you noticed, he's constantly turning the pizza sideways. Like, so it, the box is vertical and like how is that pizza staying intact like it's clearly gonna slide to the edge of the box and all the toppings are gonna come off and he's just terrible at his job as he's 
sexually harassing these underage girls and then insulting their body positivity. You know, those, uh, a lot of those old timey, or I guess you could just say, um, local pizzerias, they would always have that plastic, uh, circle in the middle of the pizza. Yep. And that was just to keep the box from bending in and touching the pizza, right? The top of it. Yep. I was wondering if you should, you can maybe put that through the pizza into the bottom part of the cardboard and kind of hold the pizza in place. I mean, it would, you could see, you know, the cheese would maybe still kind of run if it was sideways, but if you could pierce it all the way through, it would kind of hold it there. I don't know if they'd want to do that. Cause even if you pierce the bottom of the box, you're probably going to get grease coming out. Like just depending the, just on how far first you go layer through. of cardboard, not through the full box here. Even through, even so, you're probably getting a little bit of leakage there. But I don't think it works like that because it's just a little. Those things are just little, like maybe an inch wide. So like your pizza, at least like half of it's going to be sliding <laughs> down. Like you're ruining, you're still ruining like half the pizza. And even the weight of the pizza would probably pull it out of the the box anyways you know the, the little plastic thing if you yeah. punctured it through so it depends on what kind of cheese you put on it and how uh you know burnt or lack how well done it is mm-hmm. whether it's like cardboard like uh like a papa john's or something you know some people like that dark brown cheese <laughs> and almost like in pieces of black you know a little burnt others just yeah. want it um very light in color and messy and gooey Either way, I think Kino is not a very good pizza delivery boy. Anyways, he just happens to see that it was like a mall across the street is getting robbed, getting burglarized. How many guys do you think were in there with pantyhose on their head stealing stuff? Yeah, about 20. It was like a basement mall. That yeah, was weird. I don't even know if it was like a one department store with a bunch of shit like but different departments or if it was maybe it's like a little underground strip mall mall with i don't know who knows i thought it was hilarious though that when kino comes in and he starts yelling at the guys one of them actually takes the pantyhose off and reveals his face (laughs) like you idiot what do you think you're wearing the fucking thing for in the first place he makes quick work of the uh, first three yeah and then he realizes there's like 50 of them but uh, how about that entrance by the turtles? That was always one of my favorite things when they come in and then they jump up and they freeze frame and then the title comes up. So oh, how are they jumping amazing. up? They'd, hit, they'd be hitting the ceiling. <laughs> those, those were some low ceilings in there. Well, they were jumping. They freeze framed <laughs> it. I saw it. I've seen it many times. Low camera angle. <laughs> <laughs> they were jumping over something. I don't even know. Maybe they were jumping down the stairs or something. Yeah. But uh, I always always mark out for that fucking title screen. And then uh, it gets right into the action. That first fight scene is great. Yeah, I loved that as a kid. A lot of laughs to be had. Donatello doing the... uh, There's like a clown punching bag. I don't know. It was like a punching bag, I think. I used to have one of those. I actually had a Turtles one. Like a Rock'em. Yeah, a blow-up punching bag thing. Donnie he replaces it with himself. <laughs> How does the guy not know that? <laughs> I guess he's never seen a giant turtle before, so. 
Michelangelo with the yo-yo tricks. Yeah, that was, I don't, that was pretty sweet. Walk the dog around the world. You know, he has, he has some good one-liners in here and whatnot. And then he ruins everything at the end. And he's like, next time I'll use mustard. And I was like, ah, oh, he just <laughs> killed it. Killed the whole vibe. Like, what does that mean? Because he ends up in the, like the meat. Uh, I don't even know. It was like a, a deli or something. There's a deli counter. Mm-hmm. And he beats up some guys behind the counter. And it was... <laughs> it's funny. Did you hear him say uh, the missing link? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty good. <laughs> And he's like punching the guys and jumping on them. And then he like pretends to pull his own head down. Like somebody else is pulling him down. Yeah. He ends up pulling some sausages off the the display and they're the nunchucks. So they send Kino to go call the police. And meanwhile, they're tying everybody up and they leave them in a big dog pile mm-hmm. with one guy getting wedgied hanging from the ceiling. And they take the pizza, but leave the money behind. Because they're honest. Mm-hmm. Honest turtles. I bet you they didn't tip. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that leads into back at April's place where the turtles are now staying. <laughs> they have moved in. This is true. Well, first we have uh, April. So we talked about the scene with her neighbors and... Susie Essman was there and the guy who plays Michelangelo was there and they're all like, oh, she's on the news. She's great. And then we get the little rundown of all the, like her going around and picking up all the stuff that the turtles had dropped. You know, oh, Mikey with his rubber snake and Raphael with his uh, spring thing that he uses for exercise. I forget what the other two, one of them had a, Skateboard, who I think was for Donatello, and I'm like, that doesn't, that's not Donatello. Or was Donatello? Well, one of them had like comic books or something too. That was Leonardo. Was Leonardo? Yeah, Donatello. I guess they all skateboard, but like, yeah, Michelangelo is like the only one that has ever skateboarded in the movies. I mean, yeah, with his nerdy persona, like he's he's the one you'd think about skateboarding the least. Right, you would think his would have been some like science books, right? (laughs) then the turtles come in through her uh, fire escape through the window in the kitchen pizza football what do you think about pizza football they put sprinkles on the pizza slice before they threw it across the room which is disgusting i couldn't tell at first if they were sprinkling salt or like cheese extra cheese on it It just reminded me of Basically, you just talking about Norbit and always sharing that gif of Respucius putting the salt on the pizza. I don't even think about that. Because they put so much on it. So I couldn't tell what it was. You know, sometimes they have an extra like Parmesan or like the flakes that'll spice up the pizza or just salt. Yeah. I think it was like sprinkles. It was like uh, what you would put on your your ice cream, like sugar sprinkles. And I'm like, what the fuck are you putting those on your pizza for? I don't know how they would stay on because he threw it across the room. Raph catches it with his sigh. So don't say they don't use their weapons in this movie. <laughs> Until he uses his staff once. That's about it. I don't even know if he hits somebody. Well, he has. He does hit. I know it. he hits somebody in the in the stomach as well. 
he hits Toka with it and he, he gets uh you know uh shock through the system. <laughs> but it's it's pretty loose and everybody's having a great time. And that old splinter, the old buzzkill that he is. We need to move back to the sewers. We gotta go underground. Actually, I forgot to mention Splinter. He makes his appearance as Raphael is reenacting what happened to the Shredder at the end of the first movie. You know, he's he's pretending to be falling out the window and into mm-hmm. the garbage truck. And uh, Splinter gets all pissed off at him. Ooh, remember what we did. Remember who you are. He's more of a buzzkill, this movie. He wants him to stay invisible all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for Can't sure. Can't have any fun. Like I said, Leonardo is such a suck up. Yes, <laughs> Master Splinter. Yes, Master Splinter. <laughs> You're right, Master Splinter. Like, nobody can have fun until Splinter gets to make a funny at the end of the movie. Just like the first one. Well, then he's all pissed anyways, because they're like, uh, you know, everybody knows. Into rap. Saw them. Yeah. <laughs> How did a few things uh, about the next, because we find out that Shredder is alive. They do that sweet scene where they, they're scanning the uh, the landfill or whatever. So, and um, you kind of see his, his uh, gear from the first movie, the helmet and all that. And then his hand comes out from under it. Why didn't anybody take him out of the garbage truck? At the at the end of the first movie, did nobody see him fall into the garbage truck? Like I know Casey oops. Jones oopsed it. <laughs> I know he oopsed it that he that he crushed him, but I, would I think remember somebody, Shredder's somebody helmet him. getting crushed and like it's pristine in this movie, right? Well, the compactor, the way it works is it just squeezes the, <laughs> the garbage against the wall on the other side until it's flat. Any you, human can, like, you, can, you can see and hear Shredder's helmet cracking and well, you know, bending and getting crushed. Right. Finding a new form. I will say though, I have seen in person somebody get crushed in a garbage truck compactor at the Target Center at <laughs> WWE TLC 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Braun Strowman get put in the back of the garbage truck and then compacted. And then, like, three weeks later, he showed up at a different arena in a different city in a different garbage truck. <laughs> Perfectly fine. <laughs> so, it's possible. It's <laughs> witnessed it myself. <laughs> uh, good thing you got those seats so close to the ring. Yeah, I got... Well, the, the thing was, I was close to the ring, but they're... Uh, by the stage they they brought the garbage truck out by the stage but it was right behind my section so I got I got a decent view of it but I wasn't really close to the garbage truck I was on the opposite side of the section but I got a pretty good video of uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins jumping off of the garbage truck it was pretty sweet but yeah like I said it's happened in real life so uh, don't act like it's not plausible. The the foot soldiers are all meeting in the dump anyways, because that was their rendezvous, I guess, after <laughs> the events of the first movie. Right. We all knew to come back here, so 
everyone else is they you know assume everyone else is caught they all pussied out <laughs> either then, he's uh, al- either they're alive or they're not or the cops got them or they don't <laughs> and tatsu is about to assume control until shredder shows up yeah and everybody's like what the fuck are you doing here where did you get i mean you got your full suit back already what the hell <laughs> he's out for revenge he wants mm-hmm. to get revenge on the turtles uh, and then it cuts to April's report, right, with TGRI. Yeah, I thought that the guy who played um, the professor, uh, Jordan Perry, Professor Jordan Perry, he seemed like he was like too good of an actor for this movie. Maybe that's just me, but he seemed like he was like like a legit, like serious actor. Uh, well, he's taking his role very seriously. He has a lot of credits, and I'm trying to remember where I remember him most from. But he was in Titanic. Was going through stuff like in the '90s, because uh, he's obviously, obviously British, so he did a lot of British stuff. But he also did, okay, Batman the animated series. He was Ra's al Ghul, so that's where maybe I know knew his voice from. It's in the Mouth of Madness. Oh, it says he was in three episodes of Twin Peaks. Yep, but I didn't. I didn't see Twin Peaks until, till later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would have known him from anything other than Turtles, but just watching it this time, I thought this guy seems out of place. Like he's taking this very seriously. I would have known him from Star Trek Six. Remember, we had that on VHS when I was a kid. He was in Tron. I don't know if you've seen Tron. Uh, no, not the original. I've seen not, none of them. None of them at all. It's not that good. Yeah, I never saw Time Bandits as a kid. Yeah, I didn't see that till just a few years ago. And I just saw The Omen last fall, so I wouldn't have seen him in that. He was uncredited in Straw Dogs. Not that I would have seen it, but the original or the remake? The original, original, yeah. I haven't seen it. I've heard the original's good. I've seen the remake, and it's not that good. It's in screen two, but uh, yeah, I'm sure I'd be more familiar if I was more in tune with British television. So yeah, they are. So what? They're cleaning up toxic waste. Yeah, or disposing of it properly. Like they abandoned that site like 15 years ago, and now they're going around. It's basically what 3M did around here. (laughs) (laughs) They contaminated like the whole area, the whole neighborhood, and now they're just getting around to admitting that they fucked it up and they're trying to to make it. Allegedly. This is a a Minnesota company that we can't afford to have sue us, Brett. I think they, I don't know if they, uh, they were convicted, well, not convicted, but if they were found liable in court or if it was part of a settlement where, you know, they denied responsibility, but still went in and did the cleanup. Um, but I know for a fact, 3M did like spend a lot of money to clean up a lot of areas around here. Yeah, sure they did. And then uh, you can see that 
the ooze is leaked into the environment because you see those massive dandelions. Those dandelions. very fake looking dandelions nowadays. Actually, well, I don't know. I thought when I was a kid, they were they were fine, but maybe the stems look kind of fake, but the uh they looked okay. Like the flower part. I liked when the the was it Freddy, the spy for the foot clan? Because, you know, he's got to get the info, the intel, because yeah. he knows April and he all knows the turtles. I always thought it was hilarious when he went to pull the dandelion, you know, follow the, the scientists into the the grass or whatever. He's like, dandelions. You know, he says it really fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just like breaks one off and runs off the other direction. <laughs> and Schroeder's all pissed. Because he, he was just supposed to follow April Neal around to lead him to the turtles. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, silence. But this might be better. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no shit, dude. It's like, I didn't send you off to go pluck flowers, you idiots. <laughs> and then, uh, so, yeah, I like how, like, through the whole... A report. April's like it's a live report from the scene, and uh, the turtles are watching. And everybody is like, "Yeah, we got to watch this." April's on. We don't miss anything with April, except Raphael's just bored out of his mind. Like, isn't Oprah on or something? Like, can we watch something else? Yeah, he thinks like the he, scientist is boring. Like he's just bored with it. It's the same thing as like the first movie. He's like, I can't stand watching this shit. What's the matter with you guys? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think, oh, I don't know if you want to talk about, like, they decide to clean up the apartment before April gets back. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. They do, they he do a nice the wax, thing and finally. The wax, the wax on, wax off joke. Yeah. Yeah, they finally clean up the apartment for April because they were messing it up. My favorite wax on, wax off joke is from Reno 911, where Deputy Jr. is... I don't know if he was going to arrest the guy, but it was like some karate guy he was dealing with. And he starts doing the, the wax on, wax off. But for wax off, he does the jerk off motion. And then the guy like chops him in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I hear that, that's all I think about is wax on, wax off. That was a good show. I don't know what the hell they were thinking going to Quibi, whatever the fuck you call it. That was so stupid. I remember seeing the ad for, oh, new Reno 911 is coming out. Great. Oh, right. it's going to be 11-minute episodes? Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, only on your cell phone, and you have to pay to watch it. Yeah, I remember trying to download the app, like I think on my PS4, something like that. I'm like, why is this not showing up? Like, can, I, <laughs> can I just download this and watch it? So, but it was you had to watch it on your phone, right? Right. That was the... So stupid. That was the gimmick. I think they changed it toward the end, uh, but that uh, by that point it was dead. Like everybody yeah. had abandoned it. Yeah, by that point I didn't give a fuck anymore. Still one of the best purchases. I think it was twenty bucks most I paid for that whole series. Reno nine one one. I think they're on HBO Max now, but I don't. I don't know if they've um, omitted episodes or not. Like so many shows on HBO Max, they're just like. Well, this season only has six episodes. Like, well, I thought it had 23. No, it's got six. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I need to uh, get married to children one of these days just because it's such a, a value. It's like 20 <laughs> bucks for the whole, and there's like almost 300 episodes. The show yeah. was on for a long time. There's so many episodes. <laughs> It'd also be fun to watch something that you can't see nowadays. I mean, it's not acceptable. There'd be nothing like it on television ever again. Right. I think, well, I don't know. They were showing reruns pretty regular for a while, but I don't know if they still show them anymore. Not nearly as frequently as they were maybe 10 years ago. All these modern family fans would just be appalled at, I can't believe Ed O'Neill did stuff like this. He's in such a progressive show with an immigrant <laughs> wife and uh, what is his, his son is gay. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't think his son is gay. I think he's just metrosexual. No, he's married. Oh, he's... oh, the older son. I thought you meant the Mexican son. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, the white. Like, I haven't seen very many episodes, but then you start having me question, like, well, did I was I watching it wrong? I forgot that the other characters were his kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if like somebody that young could be metrosexual even. Well, the I don't. It's not actually his kid. It's uh, his wife's kid. I thought it was the kid he had with his new wife. No, I don't know about that one. But the the one that his <laughs> wife, uh, Sophia Vargara's kid. Uh, he like I think by the time the series ended, he was in college. But like he's very, you know, dainty. Uh, so you might assume that he's gay, but I guess he's not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch it regularly. I just see it sometimes after Raw. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> left the remote in the kitchen when he went to get another papadilla. <laughs> I record an extra 30 minutes because sometimes they go long and Modern Family is on more often than not <laughs> afterward. <laughs> uh, yeah, they would uh, just be appalled at Al Bundy. <laughs> what was it? Um, no, ma'am. Oh, Jim yeah. Club. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, let's get to our next clip here. Um, so April comes home and they're Actually, talking Wax about... on, wax off really leads into this clip because I <laughs> yeah. know what Splinter's doing on the roof. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a joke they put in for the parents. <laughs> I just had to isolate just this little bit of audio here. Uh, where's Splinter? He's been up on the roof ever since he saw your report. Really? Doing what? Coming. <gasps> There's such a long pause before he says the next <laughs> word. It's like, coming. <laughs> Everyone's like, aghast. And he's like, is it coming what up with a plan or something or uh coming to a conclusion or I think it's to a conclusion or something like that. <laughs> what was the point of that? I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> like that's that's a long pause. Because like for us it was it was kind of like a, a whack off joke in the first one. <laughs> it's like they all want to take the TV into their rooms <laughs> so they can watch April Neal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to fight over the TV. Except for Raph. Raph doesn't give a shit. He's going to go watch Critters. Yeah, I think Raph is, might be a bit closeted. 
think it'd be, he's like an aggressive top. I think he's more of an incel. <laughs> could be, could be an incel too. But um, kind of, what was I going to say? Oh, it was coming to a decision. I actually wrote it down. Yeah, coming to a decision. Because he's like, do I tell them about the ooze? It's time I tell you where you came from. Yeah, that's our next clip. So the little powwow on the roof. And I was going to say that, uh, yeah, we find out that the turtles are 15 years old. Yep. He says, I've been holding this (laughs) without your knowledge for 15 years. (laughs) All right, here's a clip. Maybe you better hear what he has to say. These last hours have been spent pondering many questions. Some are the very questions of our origin. The sewer, our transformation. But the answers have always remained hidden in the past. Veiled by a shadow too deep to penetrate. Until now. A light from the present reaches back to illuminate that shadow. You have never seen this, but know what it is. (gasps) That's the canister that had the ooze. That transformed us all. I have kept it these 15 years. But why do you only show us now, Master Splinter? TGRI, the interview today. I knew it. I knew that there was something else going on with those guys. Yes, and we must know what. For if the contents of this canister were not unique, the city may now face grave danger. After all these years. Whoa. After all this time, wondering who we are. The past returns, my son. It is time to seek our answers. The past returns is such a good bad line. <laughs> I think Leonardo says it later too. The past returns. <laughs> <laughs> the reveal when he puts the two pieces of the the canister together to show TGRI was great too. Oh. (laughs) Like, why are you telling us this now? What does this have to do with anything? (laughs) Uh, So after this is um, when I think the foot goes and kidnaps the doctor, right? Yeah, so they go to the lab to get some of the ooze, and uh, Doctor Professor Perry is disposing of the the canisters, which is a funny scene because it's definitely written by somebody who doesn't know how computers work or <laughs> any real technology for that matter. <laughs> when the turtles were trying to uh, like look up the one canister, they're like, "Well, if it do something wrong, the whole system will crash." I'm like, well, "What are you talking about?" It's <laughs> Like the doctor was clearly just using it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's open and logged in. Like if you search <laughs> a term that it's familiar with and it's on like the same program, it's just going to, the computer's <laughs> just going to be destroyed. <laughs> it's going to eat like, itself. 
it's coded. It doesn't recognize the name that's literally how it's listed everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, they uh they show up. There's one canister left. Uh and the foot the foot clan grabs it before the turtles come in. And they're just amazed. There's all the lights and tubes and shit, which I don't know what purpose any of that played in the actual functionality of the fucking <laughs> uh room, but where do you put the corner? It was like video games in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> that fight scene is great, though. Another great fight scene. Another football scene. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey doesn't know where to go. They, they huddle up and call play. I got a little frustrated in this one, though, because especially when they're just, like, holding on to the canister, and there's, like, six foot soldiers, and, like, none of them are even lunging at him or trying to get it like waiting for him to make a move they're just standing there they're like playing basketball defense yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're playing zone (laughs) it's like you can't follow him he has to stay straight up and down no reaching and this is the time of nba jam where you just fall every time (laughs) that's true no rules no blood no fall at some point, was it Donatello? One of them gets on a chair. It was Donatello. Yeah, yeah. Donatello gets the, the ooze and he gets on a chair, which is always the most, uh, like the best way to maneuver through your enemies is on an office chair. Just, mm-hmm. You get so much momentum just Surf's sliding up. across. <laughs> He's doing the Michelangelo thing and it's not working. Well, then somebody uh, takes his own bow and uh, drops it on the floor, and he just totally wipes out. He was going so fucking slow. I don't know. He tipped over. He yeah, it was like stopped. Austin Powers and the guys like, no, in front of the steamroller. So he, but he ends jumped up, off or, you know, I don't know, just stepped off. <laughs> right. But he ends up flinging the canister across the room, and Tatsu gets it. Mm-hmm. And he does what... This is the old classic, ninja, vanish, and then drops the smoke bomb. Which is weird, because you, you, usually you drop that on yourself. You don't put right. it on the on your enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Use it to cover your own tracks. <laughs> Not to like, because they could just walk out of the smoke and see where they went. <laughs> I can't guess. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. I guess it got in their eyes or something. Yeah, or it, they were they, coughing and whatnot, so it seemed like got, it was different. Yeah, we we just watched clip. that in Batman 89. Right. Batman does it to himself. He throws it right at his feet and then he, you know, uh, repels through the ceiling. Yep. So they get away with the canister. It's the last one. They make it abundantly clear. It's the last one. Right. And they, they steal the Professor Jordan uh, Perry with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he wants them to, or <laughs> the Foot Clan wants him to uh, help them get some new mutants. And they right. come up with a with a wolf and a snapping turtle. Well, even even before it gets back to Shredder, they have a scene where the turtles are packing to move. Because yeah. I guess the Foot Clan's back, so they gotta move, but like they're not too concerned about going and getting the, the ooze back just yet. So they got time. Except for that Kino shows his un uh uninvited ass up to April's door. Mm-hmm pretending like he's got a pizza for the neighbor that the neighbor didn't want. And then he assaults Raphael. 
I didn't realize how easily he found Raphael. Uh, like it, it seemed like in my memory, it seemed like that scene was not nearly as short as it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> Raph, like he hides behind a, I don't know, like a changing screen. I don't know yeah. what you would call it. That's what it and looks his, like. And his foot is sticking all the way out from underneath it. And like, he doesn't try to bring it in or nothing, and he gets his toe stomped. And Kino's like, it's you guys. I knew it. And then he finally meets Splinter as well. He faints when he meets Splinter because mm-hmm. turtles. Yeah, that makes sense. Giant rat. Uh-uh. When April's going on about how messy the place is, and she's like, the cleanest one is a rat. It's like the way she says it, like she's saying like a slur. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Easy with the tone, April. <laughs> but you know what she meant, right? <laughs> it wasn't what she said. It was how she said it. <laughs> well, uh, rats are notoriously dirty. Is uh, I think the <laughs> the meaning there. No, that's not. To say that all rats are dirty, because obviously there's exceptions to the rule. Just quit talking about it. <laughs> Gonna get us in trouble. Yeah. So, like, they, they, you know, obviously it's not too urgent to go get that ooze back because they have a whole scene where Splinter has to explain how he named the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and Michael Angel is such an asshole. Oh, the good ones and an O. They <laughs> <laughs> get sent off to do backflips. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's. I mean, it's easy for them to do backflips. I don't know. It's just it's kind of a weird punishment, I guess. When he, yeah, you would think they'd be doing like push-ups or something, or who knows what. But like that, like it's, it's like just, fun for them, kind of. Just like automatically backflips, like. When he says, go, no, 20. Like, I don't think, oh, I'm going to do 20 backflips. You know, I, you would think it would be like push-ups or something. Yeah. I suppose they can't do sit-ups. No, I suppose not. It's not going to do them any good. All right. Um, yeah, where do we get to next? I think the next scene is, so Shredder has gotten his animals and he forces the professor perry to ooze them and he used a lot of ooze so we said they make it very clear there's only one canister of ooze left Mm -hmm. and it appears that they use an awful lot of it here yeah but later shredder has the canister and it's full to the brim yeah sure looks like it so i don't know where he got the extra ooze or like it's, it seems like a continuity issue. And uh, yeah, it's not an exact science as the doctor keeps trying to explain to Shredder, but um, he admits, like, I noticed he admitted later that he intentionally made Toka and Razar. What's the word that I can use in 2021 to describe their intelligence? Dumb? Well, I, d- I did notice he used the R word scientifically in the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, what the carbon dioxide uh, 
the releasing of carbon dioxide retards the yeah is it uh, retarded uh retarded the anti-mugenic process or whatever yeah yeah so but he admits that he he tampered with the ooze anti-mutanic process yeah <laughs> to make the he tampered with the ooze to make the the new animals unintelligent mm-hmm. and infantile all right yeah this is our next clip and um yeah buyer beware for for shredder <laughs> will no longer hold them. <clears throat> Remove the bar. Huh? It's time they learn who their master is. Remove the bar and leave us. Stupid infants. Fortunately, they seem to have imprinted you as their surrogate mother. Mom, they are of no use to me against that. See that these two things are properly disposed of. No, no, you can't do that. They're living creatures. Not for long. Hey, no, no, wait, no. They may be intellectually inferior, but... As you can see, they do have other attributes. Maybe I'll keep them around after all. Classic scene. Oh, well, classic, but I do uh, find it amusing when he's Shredder's so pissed off. The babies, they're babies. I love every bit of it. And then uh, when they're just playing with the, like the hubcaps and the bar, <laughs> he just like cracks the uh, Razor cracks toke over the head with the bar. Yeah, I do like the. Uh, <laughs> I like the infant like voices of the Toka and Razor. It's pretty good. That's great. Mama! Um, <laughs> they go hug him. <laughs> he's like, he's ready, ready to fight. Go at me. Attack me if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. Like in the second one, Shredder is such like a, it's hard to describe. Like they, Shredder is so, how do I say it? Like 
and the first one he's so like mysterious and intimidating and i mean this one is just like it's like they're making him part of the comedic relief and he's kind right. of a joke well he's already been defeated so yeah he's so much but, less sinister in this one well i think that's probably partly trying to make it closer to the cartoon yeah um but also in this one he's so focused on getting revenge like whereas in the other movie in the first movie he was all about just like uh building power and kind of taking over the city or whatever whereas this one it's just like tunnel vision on the turtles and he'll do anything whether it's you know makes sense or not he's he's just seeing red through the whole movie Mm -hmm. we skipped over the turtles finding their new uh living arrangement the abandoned subway which for some reason still has electricity Mm-hmm. and a working payphone. well sometimes that would happen um god what's it called there's a documentary about like all the people that live in new york sewers and underground tunnels and things like that is it called like dark days or i think it's called chud oh <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> Uh, I believe they've moved most of those people out of there, but there was like entire communities underground, um, you know, all homeless people and uh, druggies, people down in their luck, people with mental issues. There's a smorgasbord of different kinds of people down there, but some places around there would actually have electricity that they could use. And they only ate rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag what about us? <laughs> Do you notice they got a new uh, news director? They got a new news director in this movie. What was the news director's name in the first movie? He was a pretty central character. Oh, the one that was trying to date April O'Neil? Yeah, the one who would yeah, Danny was his was his kid named Danny. Yeah. Joined the the foot. It's just Dan now. <laughs> <laughs> to see what that guy's name was oh charles pennington was the character's name he's nowhere to be found they got a, a brand new news director I'm trying to find if he's in the credits or not okay he's just credited as news manager despite my by michael pressman okay he's trying to get april to do a story on looking ahead swimsuits of the 90s <laughs> and she's all no, she's not having it because she's a modern independent woman and, yeah, I, had a, uh, I had a note about that he was very eager my, to get her my interest is peaked. <laughs> <laughs> such a great line my interest is peaked. <laughs> so yeah i was wondering what happened to the old news manager it seems like she's i can't remember if she was at a different channel before or maybe they're just like pretending like you know continuity be damned we got a new april o'neill we'll just pretend like she's you know her story didn't count in the first movie where do we get to next uh raphael well they call april because they can't find raf then we find out raphael and ernie reyes junior kino are at the foot clan facility because uh kino's infiltrated it they're having tryouts i like how they get in and then they go behind a car to go talk to each other 
Yeah, like the car was right next to where everyone was standing. So like nobody yeah. could see this huge turtle that's just crouching down. <laughs> and Kino just whoops everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. Like he's the only one who's good enough to get to the final test. And collect all the bells. Which you have like 30 seconds and cover a smoke. It's 15 to, seconds. Yes. Is it 15? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a ridiculous short amount of time. You have to remove... I don't know if like they just had like 40 or 50 bells it seemed like on this mannequin and like you had to remove all the bells without making a sound in 15 seconds under cover of smoke but then once the 15 seconds is up you could just stand there and ring the bells all you want Mm -hmm. like you don't have to get away or anything (laughs) so raf helps him cheat because Raphael is a master ninja Mm mm-hmm uh, yeah, then the, they are discovered not too long after Keanu gets in. Pretty much right away. Yeah, they end up at the junkyard. So they, there was like some off-site location for the tryouts. And then they get in the junkyard and immediately, like you said, they get discovered. I did like the... He's probably line. Soho foot. And then they had to go, <laughs> they had to go back to the what, Long Island foot. <laughs> I don't know. What's the stinky place? Staten Island? I don't know. I, what would smell the worst in New York? I don't know. Is it, is it that easy to tell which one stinks worse than the other? <laughs> <laughs> Especially at that time. Or no, <laughs> New Jersey foot. I noticed there's not a lot of people around the streets of New York in 1991. Yeah, like all the shots in the city, there's like nobody around. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how they pulled that off. I did like when Tatsu popped up after they caught Raph and uh, Kino and Raphael says to him, if I had a face like yours, I'd try to make up for it with some sort of personality. <laughs> yeah, Tatsu doesn't do much in this movie. He grunts a lot. He does. <sighs> he doesn't even have to say words um so yeah they're caught Uh, a little bit of fighting ensues but Raphael's captured he gets kino to run away and tell everyone else so apparently he's just supposed to sprint back to the subway well because yeah yeah, he doesn't even know yeah the guys are living so he goes to april's yeah so he just runs to manhattan's well i guess soho because (laughs) that she lives in soho that's right. They just let Kino go. Like they don't even like. I guess they well, want he, him to he beats lure up the... two guys that are, you know, that kind of corner him towards yeah. the ed- edge of the property, but he gets away. But I guess they they think he's gonna lure the other turtles in. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Because because uh, he does. Yep. <laughs> I like that scene where they come to get Raphael, and there's just like the two guys on guard. And like Raph is clearly saying, it's a trap, it's a trap, but his, his mouth is duct taped shut. I did find uh, Michelangelo's line funny because Leonardo's or Donatello and everyone's talking about how it's, uh, you know, it's too, qu- too it's quiet. quiet and a little too quiet. And it was easy to get in here, a little too easy. <laughs> Look, it's Raph. <laughs> a little too Raph. <laughs> that, was a good, that was Michelangelo's finest moment of the movie, I think. <laughs> But it is a trap. They get, they get caught in a, 
I think it was at, was it after I don't remember, but they get caught in a net, and uh, it was you know it's pretty hilarious. Donatello goes, "These nets are remarkably effective, very well constructed." And then I don't get this joke. Uh, Michelangelo says, "Remind me to drop a line to Ralph Nader." Yeah, I didn't get that either. Like, is it He's like a, a hemp fucking uh, net? Like, is that? the joke like ralph nader was like promoting hemp like hemp rope yeah i did not like i know he was a good environmental guy but i don't know what connection he would have to that situation well he'd be concerned about all the ooze that's contaminated (laughs) the land and these these animals well that was even before the toka and razor showed themselves yeah splinter out of nowhere can't say splinter didn't use his weapon he's got his bow and arrow yeah you think that that arrow is flying as far as it did with how fucking how far back he pulled the uh, string on his bow (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) he pulls it back like three inches and it goes like a hundred feet and cuts through the rope that's holding the net up with three turtles in it well to be fair kevin clash is a little limp wristed oh boy (laughs) I'd probably have to cut that, but <laughs> <laughs> like Lamar on Revenge of the Nerds with his limp wristed throwing technique. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, La- Lamar Lavelle or Lavelle Lamar, whatever his name was. Oh man, yeah. Didn't uh, didn't that guy who uh, Kevin, what's his name? Didn't he diddle kids? <laughs> <laughs> allegedly yeah um did he recently did he recently interview with the washington state police yeah i'm not sure but i think uh the story goes uh yes he did develop a relationship with a minor but then he thought it was okay because they were still dating when the kid was like 19 or something oh the uh mary Kay letourneau defense yeah I, i don't get that reference but sure but she was the teacher that had sex with her student and got pregnant, and then they ended up getting married later. She just okay. died last year, I think. That's I remember reading about that story again. But uh, yeah, she or I'd have to read the story again. But allegedly, yeah, he or maybe it was he was of age, but maybe he groomed him when he was under. I don't know. I mean. That, yeah. Either way, when the dude's like what forty, fifty, and he has this, you know, an eighteen or nineteen year old boyfriend, it doesn't look good. Can't was be it, Elmo anymore. Wasn't that called "Call Me by Your Name"? <laughs> sure was. <laughs> Said France. It's their laws are different over there. I see. I never saw that movie, but it got Oscar nominated or something. So. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> Our army hammer who we could get into another <laughs> tangent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's oh get this show going. <laughs> oh we want to get into that hill of beans. Yeah. So this is the first time the turtles get their eyes on Toka and Razar, which, uh, I mean, they're huge. Toka and Razar are so much bigger than the turtles, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird because the turtles, you know, they're, Took them a while to grow that big, right? I mean, we saw in the first movie they're 
messing around in the ooze and then they were doing the little ninja kicks when they're still little turtles. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously they tweaked the formula for Toka and Razor. You know, a pretty nice battle scene here. Some cool stuff. My favorite part of this is, so they find a manhole. I think Kino finds a manhole for them to get into the sewers. They all escape and get through it. And then Toka and Razor, you know, they're tearing up trucks and stuff to get through. And Toka tries to jump in (laughs) feet first after them into the sewer and he gets stuck (laughs) because he got a spiked shell and it's too big. Mm -hmm. And then they show it from the underside and Michelangelo comes back and <laughs> like his feet are kicking, like his little feet are kicking. Michelangelo tickles his feet, and he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> "It's so funny." <laughs> I don't know about it. it's so funny. But... I mean, when I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like pounding the ground, like, ah. <laughs> stuck. <laughs> I'm glad the scene brought you that much joy, Brett. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, a little bit of a tangent. There was a, for the Positively Wolfy podcast, I pulled an article a few months ago about a guy in China who fell into a well who looked like he was in a very similar situation. And I pulled it specifically because it reminded me of that scene and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 of Toka stuck in the sewer in the manhole cover. All right. Well, uh, pretty much after that, you know, the turtles get back home and uh, Shredder and the foot decide they're going to leave a calling card for the turtles. And so they bring Toka and Razor to go destroy a neighborhood. Yeah. One quick little note. Like there's a small scene in between there where they're talking to Jordan Perry about their origins and he says well you're just a mistake and donnie is so crushed <laughs> he's so so crushed it's like telling your kid that they were an accident yeah <laughs> we didn't really want you but now that you're here we love you but we didn't really want you <laughs> but, but donnie is just like oh i thought there was something important about us I'm like no you're just a mistake donnie's going on about it like the whole movie there has to be more i don't believe him <laughs> And uh, and just browsing the trivia, I think there was supposed to be more, but uh, they didn't have time, or it was uh, they they had to cut it out of the story. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, this goes to our leads us to our next clip. When uh, Shredder tells the uh, tells Token Razor to go play. <laughs> Fun! Fun. Ah. 
knocking down the telephone poles. What do we do if they come over here? Let them get their own cab. She's so witty. <laughs> Literally, there's only two people on the street and then one taxi. Mm-hmm. Like, the rest of the street is completely empty. Like, the whole neighborhood is deserted. But he's going to go tear down all the telephone poles. Flip over some cars. They kind of shit. They kind of did a similar joke in the first movie. Um, I think it was Raphael. After he gets out of the movie theater, he was running. He was chasing some guys. And he rolls over a taxi cab. And then they they make a joke like it's just normal because it's New York. But, uh, yeah. Let let them get their own cab. (laughs) I do like uh, just the way they deliver lines in this scene is hilarious to me. Shredder telling him to go play. And then, like, in the middle, you heard Doke go, Master said go play. Hey, you finally called him Master instead of Mama. They switched it up, I guess. I don't know. Like, at some point, they started calling him Master. And basically, that kind of leads us to our next clip because the police are there investigating the next day, the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) April, nobody's there. there. Nobody's there at all, so I don't even know like, why they care. But they're they're trying to cover it up. They're trying to keep the media out of their business. And it's such a big deal that the police commissioner's there, and every chief of police, whatever you want to call it. And he's the same guy from the first movie, which is a little surprising that they got him back. Yeah. He was great in both movies. Like, he had a much smaller role in this one, but like he's hilarious. And uh, we have a clip here with April O'Neil talking to uh, police chief. Trying to talk to him off the record, but. I have no further comments at this time. We will be in touch. More as it develops. Chief. Chief. I wonder if I might ask you a few more questions off the record. Miss O'Neill, my record on the record clearly shows that I have no off the record record. Make a record of that. Oh, wait. Were there any large tooth or claw marks found here today? How did you know that I don't know what you're talking about? Chief, I have reason to believe that this damage was caused by two, two really big animals. Oh. And what type of animals might these be, Miss Well, I can't say exactly. I see. Then uh, what leads you to believe they did this? Well, I can't say that either, but... Is there anything else you'd like not to tell me, Miss O'Neill? Stearns, there are two very dangerous things out there. And just what exactly would you like me to do about it? I don't, I don't know. I guess you're not the ones that are going to have to handle this. That's what we do best, Miss O'Neill. Have a nice day. My record on the record says that I don't have a off the record record. <laughs> Make a record of that. <laughs> I guess somebody else will have to deal with it. That's what we do around here. <laughs> so, Freddie, who is the uh, the foot. Foot Clan uh, spy, he had to leave work early. He was like interning or whatever. He was like the cord 
holder or whatever. Cord wrangler. <laughs> yeah. And he had to take off early. He said he was sick, but he really just had to go around the corner and put his PJs on and his foot soldier mask so that they could pull April aside and tell her to send the turtles to the construction site or Toka and Razor will be unleashed on Central Park, which apparently would be like the worst thing ever. Apparently there's people at Central Park where there's no people anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like a construction site that's next door to a, the hottest dance club, apparently. I don't even know what they were building at that construction site because there's a bunch of tools and stuff, but like it doesn't look like it's been being worked on. It's basically just like a square formation of scaffolding. Right. <laughs> so I don't I guess they have a lot of time to get ready for this meeting because they decide to put together an antidote for the ooze, which Michelangelo dropped some pizza into the mixture. <laughs> they don't really address whether or not that makes a difference. Yeah. You know, like is that an integral part of the antidote? And they're gonna like they're like oh we'll spray it on them and the professor's like no they have to ingest it so they decide to freeze it into ice cubes and put it in the middle of donuts which was a weird plan to me yeah like is it still gonna work if it's frozen I had uh, partially forgot about this entire scene I mean, you sent me the text or what clips you wanted. I was like, the pre-fight donut scene? What the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, they're at the construction site. I'm like, I don't remember this construction site. I was like, oh, yeah. I remember they busted into uh, the club while they were fighting. Right. It's kind of like the end of Blazing Saddles, and they're fighting in the house. <laughs> Burst into the next scene. But, yeah, that leads us to our last clip. The pre-fight donuts, uh, what do you call it? Tradition? Yeah. First, we should observe the ancient ritual of the uh, the, the traditional pre-fight donut. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I let you tuck me into this? Give it a chance. <laughs> uh, uh, Come on, hi guys. <laughs> it's not gonna work. Yes, it is. They'll eat anything. Num nums. Oh yes. Num nums. Numbers. Yeah. Good boy. Little drool. Yeah. 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 Good boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> uh-huh. Here you go. Go. Yeah. Oh, in your mouth. Go <laughs> it down. Scarf it. Have another. Eat it. Yeah. Eat it. It'll be great. Get it. Huh? So yeah, they basically just kind of get their ass kicked for a while. Mikey gets spun around. 
major spin cycle. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. when they get like right before they go in the club, they're trying to figure out who's gonna take who. Yeah. And they do the whole uh you take the ugly one. I'll take the ugly one. Which one's the ugly one? And they left you in stitches. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I was saying that was hilarious. That was, <laughs> I didn't do it justice. So you got to see it. <laughs> well, they, they get in the club and Toka and Razor just immediately start just belching. Just yeah. nonstop. So gassy. Donuts never really made me gassy, but I guess maybe the, the cubes. Because of the antidote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the one guy with his girlfriend there, and he's like, man, I love this club. <laughs> <laughs> Those costumes are off the... He says something like they're off the chain or whatever. Yeah. He's so costumes. <laughs> Vanilla Ice just having a, a great old time entertaining the folks. And then off the top of his head, just totally improvises ninja rap. Just totally on the fly. When inspiration hits you, you go with it. He was inspired by what he saw. Like how they had the club promoter and his little lackey who looked like a mini-me. They both got those early <laughs> 90s ponytails. Yeah. Who hired extras? I didn't hire extras. Who hired extras? Where did these extras come from? Get the police on the phone. <laughs> and then later he's like, why did you call the police? They like it. Go, 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 go. And then the guy's like on the phone with the cops. He's like, I guess they like it. <laughs> like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, so I have the part of the line written down here where the doctor's talking about the, the retarding. He says, uh, their burping is probably retarding the reaction. Yeah. Which means it's slowing it down. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what that means. But they used it in a scientific way. So they hit them from behind with the barrels to make them lay down, and then they shoot fire extinguishers down their throat. Yeah, it's uh, concentrated CO2. They need CO2 in the system to speed up the metamorphosis. And they beat them pretty easily. Like once the fire extinguishers are in, it's pretty much a done deal. Yeah. Like the next time you see Toka and Razor, they're. They're back to being normal, small baby wolf and snapping turtle. There's a short scene, like they, they cut from the club scene, just to Kino meditating with Splinter in the abandoned subway. And he's all mad and whiny about, I should be with the guys. <laughs> <laughs> and Splinter's like, nobody's holding you here. Like you can do what you want. Like, well, but you should. It was more like he was saying, "Yeah, you gotta. They have to fight. You don't." Right. And Kino's like, "You can't hold me here." And he's like, "No, I can't." <laughs> well, see you later. He runs like, up you, to help the guys. Usually, it's not that easy. <laughs> I gotta help the guys. So then, Vanilla Ice has to move over because Shredder takes the stage. Well, there's a there's a short scene in there that is pretty hilarious where. Like the regular foot soldiers come streaming in and the turtles are like just dancing and beating the shit out of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like they're like they're not no match for it. It's like a fucking WWE squash match where like the top <laughs> guy comes and just beats the shit out of somebody, just dances, and then somebody else comes in, beats the shit out of them, and they just dancing some more. <laughs> like, 
So you're just having a good old time. But yeah, Shredder comes in with his full canister of ooze, which he had at the construction site. And I don't know, like like I said, I thought he used the whole canister to get Toka and Razor mutated, but apparently he only used a very, very small amount. Then on top of it, he's got a little vial that he threatens to inject into a uh, a young woman at, at the club. Mm-hmm. But Kino comes and saves the day, kind of. Like how he busts in and everybody stops and he just like parts the, the crowd like the fucking Red Sea. He <laughs> comes up and spin kicks the canister to the... I don't even know where it landed. It landed like way in the back. Yeah. And uh, I think Professor Perry picks it up. And then how does it? Uh, how does he get outside again? So they crank up the speakers. Oh, that's right. Yep. And uh, I think it's Mikey hits the keytar, mm-hmm. and it's it literally blows Shredder over the crowd and out through the fucking window at the top of the back of the club, and it it doesn't have an effect on anybody else except for Shredder because he was standing directly in front of a, the speaker. <laughs> Yeah, I think the final fight scene is definitely a letdown. The first one, the fight scene at the end is so cool. And this one, they don't even really fight Shredder at all. No, no, they don't. And it's over very easily. Like, there's really (laughs) no challenge for the Turtles. Like, they're so overpowered in this one. (laughs) Kevin Nash just destroys himself. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't understand it because he, like, survived... um, a garbage truck compactor? That's right. He survived a, a garbage compactor as a normal shredder. And here he is as a mutated super shredder. I like by the way, I like how his costume mutates too. So Yeah, like, that was so weird. It's like, well, why does his like helmet and his shoulder pads get bigger now? <laughs> they got more razors on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh yeah, so he defeats himself by taking the dock down one column at a time. And the turtles realize that they can survive in water. <laughs> and uh, that's how they defeat the super shredder. He must have drank that whole vial. Yep. And then they, uh, they got to go back inside and do another cameo performance for a vanilla ice, do a little <laughs> dance, dance routine, get their picture taken. One more thing about the super shredder is like they do the thing where like, his hand starts coming out under the wreckage and the turtle's like, nobody could have survived that. <laughs> and then like the hand just like comes out and then it just like goes limp. So like, you know, he's done like that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and it really is. Cause he doesn't come back in the third movie. They do some stupid time travel shit. Uh, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I assume he would have come back at some point, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe the mutation would have worn off from him getting squashed or something, but yeah, uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, like you were saying, they go back in the club and Vanilla Ice continues his uh, performance <laughs> like nothing happened. <laughs> Rapping about the green machine. I told you, he, he made it up. He's a lyrical genius. <laughs> Never heard that beat before in his life. I don't know. His DJ is just putting the beat together live. Songbird of his generation. <laughs> and then Shug Knight held him upside down 
uh, up his hotel balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see uh, Trump pardon that co-founder of Death Row? Not Shug, but the uh, the other guy. Yeah, I, uh, I saw the headline about Snoop was ecstatic about what <laughs> Trump did, and I I tweeted it like, did like, do you remember when Snoop made a video where he shot a Trump impersonator who was wearing clown makeup? Because <laughs> uh, apparently he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Then some guy got my uh, replies and he tagged Snoop in it, so like, oh, that's great. <laughs> Just snitch tagging to the Snoop Dog. <laughs> so maybe Snoop blocked me now. I don't know. <laughs> you you want to get into fun facts? Sure. I forget what what was Splinter's funny at the end because he like he asked them if they were seen and then they're like, no, you haven't. And he had the newspaper with the ninja rap uh, with them on the cover, and then he makes them do their backflips or whatever. Yeah, and he made another funny, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I forget too. But uh, yeah, uh, that's the end of the movie. We can get into fun facts. Hey, everybody! Here's some fun facts. All right, what I alluded to earlier is that the in, in the original script, the film was to end on a cliffhanger with Professor Perry being revealed to be a robotic shell for an Utram or an Utram aliens from the original. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics who created the ooze to power their technology. This is dropped due to fear of the kids mistaking it for Krang, a villain of the, you know, TMNT cartoon series who was based on the Utrams. Hmm. Well, at the time, uh, the Utrams were not known outside the comics. They would later be officially adapted to the media for the first time in the later uh, TMNT uh, cartoon series from 03 which notably was much closer to the original comics than its animated predecessor. Here's a fun fact. Um, In the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, the turtles' facial expressions were cable-operated with all the motors, servos, etc. housed in the shell. In this movie, thanks to a larger budget, the animatronics were much smaller and lighter and were built into the face itself. Here's a fun fact. So this kind of goes in with what you had just mentioned. In the original comic story, the ooze was made by stranded aliens called the Utrams through a front company called TCRI, Techno-Cosmic Research Institute. (laughs) Since the final script did not include the Utrams, the company was changed to TGRI, Techno-Global Research Industries. It was the, it says here, director cameo, Michael Pressman as the Channel 3 news manager. Didn't you say that was the same one as the first movie, though? No, it was, uh, I said it was different. Because you remember in the first oh, movie. Oh, you like, said what, the cop was the same, yeah. The cop was the same. Yeah, the news manager was different. He had a much smaller role in this movie. Yep. In fact, I think the whole news crew was different. Um, but I don't know if it was like implied that she had a different job or if she was still i mean she got that lucrative deal at the end of the first movie mm-hmm. here's another fun fact daniel piscina stated in an interview on the up up down down youtube series that the ninja turtle costumes had very small isolates for the actors to see out of they were also a good three inches away from their faces instead of being flush so as a result most all fight scenes uh show foot clan actors 
standing around waiting to be hit because the turtle actors couldn't see what they were doing. Piscina went on to explain that if you watch close enough, the Ninja Turtles would uh, first throw out random punches and kicks, and then a foot soldier would bend and jump in front of them so they could be hit. <laughs> this explains why many of the foot soldiers, uh, foot soldier actors couldn't throw back any punches or kicks of their own as the turtle actors didn't have the ability to react. In a way, this helped tone down the criticisms of the first movie being too violent as there was little to no back and forth uh, fighting and the Ninja Turtles would quickly defeat their enemies with one strike. Yeah, and we, we noted that, that they're, they seem much more powerful in this movie. Mm-hmm. Win much more easily. Uh, the fight double for Donatello, uh, Stephen Ho, kept the Donatello head, became a stand-up comedian, and used it in his act. So apparently he's doing stand-up with the Donatello head on. Hmm. Here's a fun fact. Aside from Super Shredder grabbing Leonardo and throwing him to, to the other three turtles during the destruction of the pier, the turtles make no physical contact with Shredder throughout the film. Here's another fun fact. When the script called for Leonardo to perform a back handspring, Mark Queso wanted to do it, but director My- Michael Pressman was unwilling to risk an injury. Pressman wanted Queso's stuntman to perform the feat, but the stuntman didn't know how. The search was initiated for an outside party to do the stunt, but Queso, a national gymnastics competitor, eventually won out and performed it himself. Queso later said of the matter, I was like, well, I want to do my own thing. You're going to go out there and look for someone worse than me. You cannot find somebody to do a better back handspring than I can. I want Leonardo to have the best one. Uh, There's a couple other ones that discuss homages and occurrences from different number of comics in the series. But um, yeah, I think that'll about do it. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we covered pretty much everything. I think everybody can agree that this is a fantastic movie, especially if you grew up watching it. Everyone but me, I guess. (laughs) I mean, it still has some nice, you know, nostalgic currency for myself, but I was disappointed. I was, because I, I remember still enjoying it, you know, watching it a few years ago when I bought it on Blu ray. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't seen it since the early 90s, I think. So now watching it again after a few years, I think I was a little disappointed, but that's okay. At least it's not the third one. <laughs> well, growing up, I had the this one and the first one on VHS. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the the official one. I think we taped it off of HBO or something. Um, so I watched them a lot growing up. Uh, both of them but like I probably went like 10 or 15 years without seeing them between uh, when we stopped using our VCR up until I bought the Blu-rays maybe I don't know five or six years ago now Um, but yeah they held up more than I I could have asked for I I still think they're pretty good All right. Well, why don't you tell us a little about Teespring and your show? Yeah, if you want to support the WTM Watches Movie Podcast, you can head over to teespring.com slash stores slash WTM Watch This Movie. 
and you can pick up some great merchandise there. We got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, all kinds of stuff. Um, and uh, your purchase supports the show. And if you want to hear more of me, you can head over to the Positively Wolfy podcast on your favorite podcast app where we provide unqualified commentary on allegedly real news. You can reach out to us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. That is our email. And you can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or bread at positivelywolf1. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and please rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. We will check you later. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.